With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. B.I. Make a pass. No look over to Herb. Goes left baseline. Hangs and dunks. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi. You can follow me on Twitter at jcar504 if you wanna. Uh, but I am joined by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, who you can follow at Jim Eichenhofer. And you must. Uh, we got to talk about it, man. We we lost another one. Uh, ninth straight loss. Uh, kind of a bummer. But I want to talk about some good news first. Look, we are the Pelicans Podcast. We're here to brighten your day, not darken it. Uh, big Herb night, first of all, in that loss. I was really happy to see that. Uh, even though the Pelicans weren't able to pull it out, I don't want to make excuses, but once again, uh, you didn't have Zion on the floor. You're facing the number one team in the West. Uh, you saw shades of the Pelicans. We saw earlier in the season when we were beating all the teams you're supposed to beat. And Herb seemed to turn it on, man. You know, he was actually splashing threes. He had a couple steals for TNT even snapped into the broadcast there <laughs> in the first quarter. I mean, uh, great to see him looking like himself, Jim. Yes. And by the way, before I get into the specifics of Herb, my my hope today is to bring the kind of energy to this podcast that this younger fan that was standing behind the Pelicans bench last night in a red Zion jersey <laughs> was bringing. He was jumping up and down. He was going crazy. He was slapping fives with people. He looked like he yeah. was even talking a little trash to the Denver yeah, fans that were sitting behind him. So, so way to go, man. That was yeah. awesome. But no, in terms of Herb Jones, um, it was so much fun watching him play last night on defense. I mean, that's usually the case, but he had five steals and several of them were, it seemed like Denver was trying to get away with passes that they've probably thrown all season, but yeah. can't do that against Herb. He, they had one that was a cross court pass along the baseline that I don't even know how Herb even kept it in bounds, but he snatched it with two hands and dribbled it and started going the other way. I think the Nuggets were scratching their head a few times and kind of realizing that they had only played against him once this season because he missed one of the games of the injury. Yeah. But it was kind of a reminder of, hey, there's certain things that you can't get away with on offense against him that you might be able to against other teams. So great performance by him. And yeah. he was just all over the place. It just seemed like his arms kind of stretched across the entire court because yes. every time 
somebody threw a pass near him, he was getting a steal or deflecting. Yeah, it looked like old Herb, man, and and maybe he was energized by the other good news. A great video of Herb being excited for his teammates, Jose Alvarado and Trey Murphy, uh, being invited to the Rising Stars game, which Herb was at uh, the, the year before. So, uh, you know, maybe he had a little extra juice in his system there. So happy for Jose uh, so happy for Trey. And Trey gets to be in the dunk contest, which he has long talked about. I, You know, he made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. I think it's going to be a big deal to Trey. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to look forward to during the All-Star weekend. The Rising Stars game is going to be Friday night, and there will be two Pelicans players there. Saturday, we're going to have Trey in the dunk contest. Sunday, hopefully Zion will be back on the court by then and able to play in the All-Star game. So Woo! we'll have a full weekend there. Yeah, the I, it was cool to see how happy Herb was for Jose and Trey that they were picked for the and rising Najee stars. Too. Games. Najee always cracks yeah, me up, and, man. And I think, um, unfortunately not to bring us down here briefly, but it, the, the rising stars selection kind of reminded me a little bit of how the season has turned into lately, because I, I thought if, if it wasn't for, you know, Herb's missed some games, uh, Dyson Daniels obviously has been out right now. They could have easily had four players among their crop of first and second yeah. year guys that were in the rising stars game. And probably going into the season back in October or maybe after the first few weeks of the year, I would have thought, you know, all four of those those guys are going to be there. But unfortunately, with some of the injuries, that's curtailed them a little bit and sidetracked them. But either way, we're going to get to see Jose and Trey play in the uh, on Friday night in the Rising Stars. Uh, they've changed the format a little bit this year. Again, they kind of tweaked it last year as well. I'm going to have to get in and study to see exactly how they – they uh, uh, are the doing Eichenhofer it. lab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it was, I liked what they did with it last year because they made it kind of a tournament. It was kind of two rounds. I think there was like semifinal matchup and then a final fine with them shaking it up. I mean, it, yeah. for a while, like all the all-star proceedings had gotten a little stale. Yeah. Uh, it just sort of felt very, just like a, a ceremony more so than for a sure. game. And, and I hate to say it, but I mean, to me, I had told people this over the past bunch of years that the Rising Stars game itself was one of the worst things yeah. I've ever covered because they didn't take it seriously. They didn't do it. It wasn't competitive. And I think it was a 48-minute game or maybe it was 40 minutes, but it felt like about 36 minutes too long because yeah. after the first couple minutes, kind of the way the all, same way the All-Star game had become where players aren't defending and they're not really intense and they're not competing. Yeah. And it's just, it's not fun it's watching like a that. rock and jock game. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. I mean, with even less energy. Right. And I would much, it's one thing for the all-stars to take that game as like, Hey, I've made it to the top of the league. I'm one of the best players. So I'm not going to treat this like life or death. And, and they're also worried about injury now too. Right. And nobody wants to play hard. Sure. Get injured in an all-star game. But, but I didn't like seeing the, the the first and second year guys take that approach too, yeah. because it was kind of like, relatively speaking, you haven't quote unquote arrived in the NBA. You're not in the position where it's like, oh, I'm just going to show up and treat this like a joke yeah. kind of thing. It just, it well, wasn't for a lot of them. This is your first time on a, on a big stage right. for a lot of people mm -hmm. who are just casual fans of other teams to see you. Uh, it's it it should be fun to show out on that stage yeah. and and you know hopefully they get to because uh you know Trey Murphy you know he was known as a as a shooter uh you know of course trigger but man it's fun to see him put it on the floor and dunk on some people and he's had some dazzling dunks uh this season and I feel like he's gonna have a little something extra he's been working on that double clutch dunk a lot I've yeah noticed, which has been fun and it's funny too there's been a couple times I've seen him working on dunks after practice and I think because it wasn't hadn't been announced publicly that he was 
going to be in the all-star or in the dunk contest. I don't think people realize necessarily like the media people that were there, that exactly what he was doing, but now I think they will understand like, okay, he's been, he's been working on some stuff. So I'm curious um, when the team comes back from this road trip to hear from him, to find out, you know, what kind of stuff he has cooking. Yes. He might say he's keeping that all quiet because he wants to reveal it, you know, on Saturday night during the dunk contest. But yeah. He's definitely been been in the lab. I, I've been in my lab. He's also been yep. in his dunk lab. So this will be a lot of fun to see him in, on Saturday of the All-Star Weekend. Oh, speaking of good news, uh, you know what? We've got Les East with us today on the podcast, and that is always good news. Writer for CrescentCitySports.com. Known Les for a long time. Uh, used to produce a bunch of talk shows that he was always on. You can always learn something from Les East, and uh, glad to have him on the podcast when Honestly, we need him the most. Let's get to Les East here. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, the one and only Mr. Les East. Uh, how are you? You know, it's it's been a tough tough stretch here, Les, but, but you holding up all right, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right, Joe. Uh, you know, it's a long season, and there's still a long way to go. And, uh, you know, as soon as one disappointing game ends there's another one within a couple of days so that that's the silver lining i have to offer today (laughs) yeah there's always one coming down the tracks the first quarter of that denver game i gotta say it felt good it felt like we saw the the old pelicans the dangerous pelicans where we were beating the bad teams when we should and uh we felt the confidence that i think we've been missing uh what do you think you know was was the issue Why, why do you think we sort of ran out of steam there Les? Well, you know, I thought until late in the second quarter, it looked like the, the coaches and the players had really zeroed in on uh, what what the problems had been, and they found their offense. They were moving the ball. They were taking good shots. They were making shots, and it, and it looked like it had a chance to be sort of a turning point. And then, you know, a couple of turnovers late in the second quarter let the Nuggets back in it. You know, Brandon Ingram and, and C.J. McCollum, you know, went a little bit cold there in the second half. And then the other thing, obviously, was just Jokic was so good, even though the, the, the Pelicans hung in there and kept making runs all the way till the end, Jokic always had an answer for him. I mean, and he does that to everybody. That's why he's a two-time MVP. So they didn't have much margin for error uh, last night, and uh, unfortunately, the, the offense uh, fell off a little bit there in the second half, and the defense couldn't do anything with Jokic. Yeah, Les, it seems like I can't figure this out why the end of the second quarter seems to be a, a part of the game lately where they've lost a lot of their momentum, and that's something that they need to figure out. But um, it, you, you talked about just, you know, it seemed like they found some th- some things, at least in the first half when they were able to get a lead. I mean, do you look at last night's game? Obviously, it was still a loss, and that was number nine. But, I mean, were there some aspects of it that were encouraging or at least make you say, like, maybe they they did some things that if they carry that into games against other teams that they will be able to come off come up with a victory instead of a, a nine-point loss against one of the best teams in the NBA, maybe the best team in the West? Yeah, I, I think it was probably the way they shared the basketball. I think they had 13 assists in the first quarter, mm-hmm. which was the most in any quarter this season. Brandon Ingram was a big part of that, which 
I thought was significant that he didn't feel like, you know, the, the fact that he's had a slow start coming back from the injury didn't mean that he had to go out and score 30 points. He had to go out and lead the offense. And, and so he was patient. He was selfless. And his teammates fed off of that. And that, that was one of the keys to their success earlier in the year is getting everybody involved in the offense, getting six and seven guys into double figures and sharing the ball. And they did that and they kind of got away from it. And I think when they go back and look at the tape, that's something Willie Green is going to really emphasize is you, you, you had it in your hands, the solution to problems, but you let it slip through your fingers later in the game. And I think he said something after the game about them, you know, a couple of things went bad and they, they, they sort of got bored, you know, and they, they lost their focus there late in the second quarter. And if they can just maintain that uh, ball movement and uh, selflessness for 48 minutes, I think they're going to break through here fairly soon. Though The schedule continues to be pretty difficult here. Um, I think one of the obvious bright spots from the game last night too was the play of Herb Jones. It seemed like that might've been the best game that he's played this season, both ends of the floor. It was his season high in scoring. And I think it tied his season high in steals. I mean, how important do you think it is for the second half of the season that we see, you know, I don't expect him to do that every game, obviously. um, But just to see that kind of performance from Herb over the last 30 games of season. Yeah, I think that was important, and, uh, you know, it was mainly on the offensive end that, that it seemed different because Herb always plays well defensively, but but the problem is he, he hasn't built up enough of a reputation around the league to get the benefit of the doubt on a lot of officials' calls, and he gets into a lot of foul trouble mm-hmm. uh, because he's an aggressive defender, and I think that that – leaves him playing, you know, a few minutes here, and then he's got to go out. He comes back for a few minutes, and he has to go out because of foul trouble. And I think that sometimes affects his offense uh, as well as the frustration that comes along with the foul trouble. So I think if he can kind of, you know, stay on the floor and, and play consistent minutes, he also was hurt a little bit. If he can just keep playing consistent minutes each game, I think he'll get back to some level of consistency on offense. But the good thing about Herb is you can always leave him out there when the shot's not falling because you know you're still going to get some some valuable defensive play out of him, and the offense will eventually come like it did last night. You know, it it was one of those things last night you you sort of saw on the opposite end. uh, When the Pelicans were really making hay, when they were making those runs, it was generally when Jamal Murray and Jokic were on the bench. Uh, and they were able to make some of those runs chop into that lead, actually. And, you know, it sort of showed the Pelicans, you know, when, when those two guys came back on the floor, uh, you know, the Nuggets looked like a different team. For the Pelicans, when they're missing two of their best guys, when, when Brandon Ingram, even though he's back now, still rusty, you know, he doesn't look like the Brandon Ingram of old, not, not a lot of efficiency in his scoring, and you're missing Zion, it's just tough to look like yourself. But it, it, it felt like you, you saw the shades once again, when this team gets healthy, you look at that schedule, you know, it, it looks tough now, but there's a lot of games against the Lakers, the Kings who are ahead of us right now in seeding, but, but teams I'm not afraid of right now. What are your realistic goals now that we're, you know, sitting where we're at, hoping we get healthy? We're out in 10th now. Where do you think we're going to sit at the end of the season seeding-wise, Les? 
Well, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, it's been sort of a roller coaster ride. In the beginning of the season, I thought that the realistic goal was a top four spot in the home court in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Then they played so well and looked so good, I started thinking, you know, first or second in the West was realistic. Now you look at the standings and you can say, well, if they can just make a play in that, that's, you know, you have to hope for that at the, at, uh, given where they've fallen to at this point. But you, you look at like three to 13 in the West, it's only like a four or five game difference. Yeah. So anything is possible at this point. When they get healthy, I think they've proven they're a top two, three, or four team in the West. It's so tightly bunched now that they can go up almost as quickly as they went down in January once they get healthy. So I still think a top four spot is a realistic place for them to finish. Assuming Zion gets back here pretty soon and he and Ingram are able to stay healthy down the stretch because when they are healthy, I think they've proven they are in the top uh, two to four teams in the West and they just need to have their guys together long enough to make a run down the stretch. Les, you mentioned how you know it's been a roller coaster season, and especially in the standings, where it's been some highs and lows and some extreme changes, and also you know the situation with Zion out. You know, one of the stats that I had looked up that I I'm trying to figure out the reason for this, and maybe you have a theory, maybe not, but the Pelicans were six and two in the games that Zion didn't play through December 26th, since his injury that he ha- happened in Philadelphia J- January since January 4th, they're three and 12. So, I mean, it's been a drastic difference. And I think in in both sets too, um, Ingram missed um, a lot of those games. So it's not like you can say, okay, for one stretch, he was there and the other, he wasn't. And that's why, you know, the the difference, I mean, what do you think is behind just the, the comparative lack of success that they've had without Zion compared to what they were able to do in the first couple of months of the season when he wasn't able to play? Well, I think there are probably a couple of factors in that. I, I think the the more they played without him, the more tape there was for opponents to study mm. how they were utilizing other people to make up for his absence. And opponents, I think, have probably adjusted to that and focused on uh, taking the ball out of C.J. McCollum's hands more and uh, clamping down on some of the younger guys. You know, we mentioned how Herb had struggled a bit offensively. I think Trey Murphy uh, overall has been less consistent than he was early in the season. And so I think there have been adjustments by the opponents to to what they were doing without Zion that has probably probably been somewhat effective. And then something else that that I think gets overlooked a little bit is that they've had – some minor injuries to some role players. And, you know, Trey has been out a couple of times briefly. Jose missed a game or two here or there. Herb missed a little bit of time. Najee missed some time. And so I think those brief absences by role players sometimes don't stand out. And yet you look at guys like Jose Alvarado and Trey and Najee when they're in there, they might be and Dyson Daniels when yeah. he was healthy. They might start one game, then they have to come off the bench. Then they play the two or they play the three. They play a lot of minutes. They play a few minutes. 
their roles are changing every night because of the available players beyond just Zion and B.I. are changing a lot. And I think that lack of stability in the rotation has uh, disrupted their continuity to some degree. And, and to your point, you know, you've got a few players that are just sort of beat up, you know, going into this all-star break. You saw CJ with that thumb brace. It looks like it's just something that he's just going to have to deal with. He's just going to have to play through. And, you know, that may affect his shooting. That, that may have been uh, part of the cause for some of those off nights. But, you know, once again, sort of sort of touching back on it, you know, as you said, the West is bunched up. You know, a lot of things could happen. You know, I'm looking at the, at the Western Conference standings right now, and, and there's a few teams that I'm like, oh, you know, they could they could stick where they're at. And there's a few teams that I think we could uh, we could sneak up on and 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 take them and uh, move up in the standings. Who are you looking up at, at as, as you know? You expect them to stay there in the West, and and who do you think we could take uh, leading up into this home stretch here, Les? Yeah, I, I don't have the 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 pecking order in front of me, but right. I, I know this: Dallas, I, I, I mean Denver and Memphis are, are probably going to be the two teams at the top. Yeah. Uh, that, that, or somebody's going to have to catch them. If you want to be in the top two, those are the teams that are going to be hanging around there the longest. And so the, those they're the real deal. I don't think there's any question about that. I think Dallas has a chance to get better. They, I think, lost 8 of 12 since they beat the Pelicans in the last meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've never really put it all together this year, and yet I think they have a chance uh, to be better than they have been. But some of these other teams, Minnesota, their off-season moves have not worked the way they thought they would have. Uh, Utah surprised everybody early, and then they sort of came back to earth a little bit. I'm not sure how sustainable their position is going to be. The Clippers have are a lot like the Pelicans in yeah. that their top two players are beat up so much that you don't know what they're going to um, – be like down the stretch because it's a it's a constant uh, change in the the lineups and so I think there are a lot of teams there that are basically 500 teams. At times they look like they're a little bit better than that. At times uh, you're not sure they're quite that good. And I, I think that's a large segment of the Western Conference. You know the Lakers have made a push here of late. And yet, I'm not sure how sustainable that is. Right. You know, having Anthony Davis healthy has helped, but I, I still think their ceiling is pretty low. So, getting back to what I said earlier, I still think a top four finish is realistic as long as the Pelicans are healthy. Yeah, I got to agree with you. You know, you you look at uh, the Timberwolves, you look at the Jazz. Still feels like they're playing a little bit over their heads. Always got to be worried about the Warriors. You know, but yeah, I mean, to your point. Clippers, you never know what you're going to get with Kawhi and Paul George, so you're hoping for some good luck health-wise and schedule-wise, hoping to stack some wins in that second half. Les, thanks so much for joining us. I know it's not easy times to talk about the Pels. Some home games coming up. Uh, Hopefully Zion coming back soon. Let's hope we can get some wins here, Les. Well, you know, I think that's the key to the whole thing, you know, and the reason, uh, the, the more they play poorly without Zion, the more it validates the fact that he should be a Western Conference All-Star starter, because you see just how good he is. Absolutely. Les East, we'll talk to you again uh, soon, man. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Thanks, guys.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Big thanks to Les East for putting a little wind on our sails. Uh, you know, it's easy to feel deflated when you've been on a little losing streak. But Jim and I, we're, we're still holding it down. We still believe. You know what? its uh, I've lost track of the days, Jim. It's just been so many just back-to-backs, and I just feel like I've had no nights off. I forget what day of the week it is. I, can you help me? Well, Joe... It's Western Conference Wednesday. Woo! I knew it felt a little different today. Oh. It is a Western Conference Wednesday indeed. Western Conference Wednesday, my favorite day of the week. Uh, you know, I, I knew the birds were chirping and, and, and people were just singing in the streets. I should have known it was Western Conference Wednesday. Definitely, Joe. And, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about what place the Pelicans are in in the standings. And unfortunately, they've dropped down to 10th place. Ooh. But I have good news for you. And that is that it would not take much to jump back up a bunch of spots. Um, there's a bunch of teams that are close to them. And in fact, on on this Western Conference Wednesday, by the end of the evening, the Pelicans could be back up to eighth. I know it's not Ooh. it's not everything. It's not, you know, we're not going to have a parade to be an away. eighth. But, you got to chip but away. But it's something. Yeah. yeah, they could move up a couple spots. And uh, among the games that I'm going to be paying close attention to tonight, Golden State at 26 and 24, is visiting Minnesota 27 and 26. If the Timberwolves lose that game, Pelicans would move back ahead of them. Nice. Also, another game, Toronto at Utah. Utah is 26 and 26. So if the Jazz lose that game, the Pelicans would move ahead of them as well. There's also several other games involving teams that are right around where the Pelicans are in the standings. Portland is at Memphis. OKC is at Houston. And Phoenix at 27 and 25 is hosting Atlanta on ESPN. So there is a slew of games that are important to the Pelicans. And I have to say, I I know this isn't the first time I've said this, I really wanted to avoid this this season, Joe. I really wanted to not have to, you know, scan the scoreboard each night and say, but here we are. And we're going to have to deal with the the circumstances that are in front of us, and that is um, make the best of this. And, I mean, it could end up being such a fun, hopefully, Fun last two plus months of the season. Yeah, let's hope it's just adding some drama. You know, this right. is just scripted. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. just trying to make it fun down. Yeah, the and everything's going to work out in the end. But uh, under the circumstances, I mean, we're back in a situation where it's tight, and you could move up. I mean, they went from fourth to eighth to tenth, and hopefully, they can move back up a couple spots. To me, you know, we talked about this a little bit with Les, but. To me, I think now, you know, the goalposts keep changing. For me, I think the goal now should be 
to finish in the top six and avoid the play-in tournament. Yep, you know what? Uh, that that seems reasonable to me, especially uh, for a ascending team that's a little early. You know what? More good news. I don't think LeBron's going to break the scoring record here. He's 89 points away, and uh, you know the Lakers are coming here on the fourth. I don't think he's going to do it, Jim. Yeah, I don't think he's going to either. And I'm really curious, though, specifically to see how many points he scores Thursday against Indiana because that that number is going to dictate the kind of the tone of how yeah. we go into Saturday's game. I mean, if he scores, say, 45 points and he needs 44 yeah. to break it, he'll still have a chance. But if he gets if he scores, say, 25 against the Pacers. That's what I'm hoping for. And then we're, we're not going to go into Saturday with it being a yeah. thing. I, I doubt a pedestrian 25 right. from LeBron would be fine with me. People, if if he's that far away from the record going into the game Saturday here in the Smoothie King Center, I think people will more look at it as like, okay, how much can he chip away before he breaks the record yeah. Tuesday night when they host Oklahoma City in L.A.? Or in the game after that, also for them is home against Milwaukee. So yeah, go break it at home. It, it's it's look it's lining up kind of unless he goes absolutely crazy. And Thursday, and then the game Saturday, that he probably will not break it in on Saturday. So, you're you're breathing a sigh of relief, yeah. and I don't have to worry about the LeBron love fest that I really don't want to see yeah. in our arena and on our home floor. I so just it, don't want to feel conflicted. That's the thing is, I'm breathing a sigh because I just don't know how I would feel about it. Would I feel bitter if people were clapping? Would I feel joy if people were booing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I hope that I don't have to learn, uh, Jim. We made it, man. It was a it was a tough Wednesday uh, Pelicans podcast. You know, it's been been rough times, but you know, you, you kept the rainbow in sight. There's still a little light on the horizon there. I can still mm-hmm. see a sliver of it. We can hope it opens up a little bit more, man. We did the best we could, and uh, yeah, we're hoping that uh, that by the next time we we have a podcast that there's a win in the books. Um, yes. This is going to be an interesting game Thursday against Dallas against Luka Doncic. Um, I we talked about this with the Denver game. I think there were a lot of good signs. If they play, I, I wrote about this a little bit last night after the game in Denver, that if they play as well as they did Tuesday night, I think they would beat a lot of teams. Maybe they can't beat Denver in Denver without Zion and, and with B.I. still kind of trying to round into form. But right. I do think that that performance was good enough to beat the vast majority of the yes. teams in the NBA. So that's what I'm going to kind of pin my hopes on and, and look forward to. Play like that, yeah. and then we'll we'll see what happens. You play like that, you'll beat the bad teams. You'll beat the teams sure. you're supposed to You'll definitely to beat. beat the bad teams, and I think you'll be able to beat – a lot of the other cross section of the league as well. Yeah, and there's a and and again, you know, Les talked about the schedule looking tough coming up, but it looks a lot better than it's been. It it looks like a less brutal stretch than we've had, and I'm just going to be happy to be over the MVP stretch of the season where we had to face Jokic and hear the mm-hmm. MVP chance. We're gonna have to hear the MVP chance, and uh, when we when we face Luka Doncic and. I hope I don't have to hear MVP chants if LeBron breaks the record here in New Orleans. But again, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, the best part of the upcoming schedule for me is that if we do hear MVP chants, there's they have a four-game – Pelicans have a four-game homestand coming up. If there are MVP chants, they will be for Brandon Ingram or C.J. McCollum. They won't be for an opposing player. So Pelicans have lost a few games in the Smoothie King Center lately. That's something that has to change. But um, – I'm encouraged by the fact that they're going to get off the road. The timing of this horrible stretch in terms of multiple road trips where they had multiple games against quality teams is almost over, and thank goodness. So hopefully now, after the game in Dallas, they can get back 
and play it at home. We got a big game Saturday to me is huge against yes. the Lakers. Yes. The game Sunday against Sacramento is important. It looked a little bit more important when the Pelicans were kind of in yeah, that three, four range. Back, yeah. But it's still key. And then they have Atlanta and Cleveland to wrap up the homestand. So got to start getting some wins at home and, and the, the losing that they've been doing both at you know, on the road and as well as in their own building. Absolutely. Keep the faith, Pelicans fans. We will weather this storm. Big thanks to Les East. Big thanks, as always, to Jim Eichenhofer for brightening the room. And big thanks to you for listening to us. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Uh, We're everywhere you get your podcasts. Also on the Pelicans mobile app and pelicans.com. Tell everyone, ain't no excuses not to listen anymore. We will talk to you once again on Friday. Whew, and until then. Go Bills. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.